With the NowJobs app, you're only three clicks away from a new student worker. Let us introduce you to the NowJobs app. That's extra help in just a few clicks. No fuss, no administration. Download it now. Available in Belgium, the Netherlands, France, and soon in Germany. Now jobs. Get the job done. Ka-ching! Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. The Golden Visa Program in Portugal has been canceled one year after the Sowashes moved to town. Coincidence? I think not. Hey, kids, this is the Chad and Cheese Podcast Does Europe. I'm your co-host, Joel Victor Orban Cheeseman. And joining me, as always, are Chad, the party pooper of Portugal Sowash, and leaving the muscles from Brussels, Von Neuenhauser. <laughs> On this episode, House of HR gets healthy, buy or sell, and a little naughtiness. Oh, yeah. And a little bit of virtual cheese. Let's do this. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence with innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries. It is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. Virtual cheese. You know what that means, Levin? No idea, but uh, I like cheese, so I like virtual <laughs> cheese as well, I hope. <laughs> Joel's not with us this week, although we do have recordings of his thoughts and intros on all these because we wanted to include him. He, he's off uh, skating around uh, Texas right now uh, since it's snowing there. Okay, then you need to go to Texas. I totally understand. Do not want to go to Texas, let alone when it's snowing, because you know what's going to happen. Their 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 grid's going to like freeze up, <laughs> and they're going to lose they're going to lose electricity or some shit like that. And isn't it bad for the cactuses? I always imagine Texas having only cactuses. <laughs> isn't it bad for the cactuses? Yeah, all the snow. I think it's bad for the the longhorn steer. Yeah, and the cowboys freezing their balls off. Yeah. Okay, that's what happens. That's that's the kind of shit that happens, right? So, uh, so I've got to get I've got to get your take 
on something that Joel and I talked about last week, sending of probably the oldest president known to man uh, to a war zone. So so Joe Biden went to Ukraine last yeah. week. Surprise visit. Surprise visit. But he pretty much stuck his middle finger up to Russia and said, I'm coming whether you like it or not. So was that even a thing over in Europe? Did you guys see it on the news? Course, okay, so, so tell me a little bit about that. It was big news. I mean, Biden coming to Europe is news in any case, okay. but Biden going mm-hmm. to Kiev and going there when even our own prime ministers, etc., don't, some some did, yeah. but uh, that's definitely big news. I only thought it was a bit a shame he mentioned that to the Russians three hours in advance. I'm coming to Kiev, so don't you fucking bomb us, something like that. I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's a bit, it's fake. I mean, he should have been braver than that. He should have been braver, but I don't know. We, we were happy. We were happy. <laughs> But uh, don't you think it's a it's a risk? I mean, telling the Russians that the president of the United States is coming to Kiev. They tell him anyway, just to ensure they've got this this special line. I can't remember what they actually call it, but they 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 tell them when any type of movement's happening, just so that they don't fuck things up and shooting you know an airplane down or or bombing uh, Kiev. When the president of the United States is in Kiev, so yeah, I mean, it would have happened anyway. But don't you think it would just motivate the Russians to extra bump Kiev? Not unless they want to start World War Three. Yeah, we've already talked about sending Abrams over to uh, to, to yeah. Kiev and 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 training the Ukrainians to actually, you know, uh, utilize these weapons. Next thing you would know, if something like that happened, we would have Abrams with American troops on the ground. We would have F-22 Raptors. The Russians would not want that, especially since Ukraine's kicking their ass by themselves right yeah. now. They don't need the Americans <laughs> doing the same thing. They, no, probably not. No, no. That, would, that, that would not but be But it good. was big news. And also because at the same moment, uh, China just mm-hmm. sent some kind of an ambassador and not Xinping or what's his name? The Chinese president. So when yeah. the biggest president of the whole world, so the biggest ally of Ukraine is coming in person, Biden is mm-hmm. coming in person to Kiev, and then the biggest yeah. ally of Russia is sending some minion to do the same thing. Russia, yeah. once again, lost face. Yeah, they're losing face left and right. Yeah. Joel said last week that he was he was scared of World War Three. And I said, I, I, I don't I don't believe it unless, you know, there's overwhelming force from, you know, NATO going into Russia. Yeah. I don't I don't think that we have to worry about that. No. What, what do you guys I mean, you're in Russia. You're not in Russia. You're in Europe. So what do you guys think? Kind of on the same line? I think so. I mean, if there's something we need to avoid, it's uh, that world, uh, that war. Yeah. Enlarging. I mean, we don't want World War Three, definitely because we will be in the playing field. So uh, no way. Just like you, I don't think. It would be a problem as long as we don't invade Russia. Right. I mean, Russia, they're, they're, they're stuck in Russia about invading Poland because the Polish people are uh, they're sending arms to uh, Ukraine. They're supporting them openly. They're uh, trash-talking Russia constantly and it annoys the Russians. So the Russian propagandists always keep saying we should invite Poland after we won the war in Ukraine. No way they can do it. I mean, then they would... Europe would be forced to do something. NATO would be forced to do something, something yes. Russia just couldn't handle. So I think it will end. And I hope the Chinese will have it up to there with uh, Russia's behavior. And they will tell Putin to to um, take Crimea and, and leave the rest. And then maybe this might end. Chances that Crimea is taken back are small, I think. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't know at this point. We shall see. Okay, let's let's hit shout outs. You go first. Shout out. Okay, my shout out is to the naughty Americans. I mean, I just just read <laughs> just read an article. And I, I kind of liked it. An article in the Belgian <laughs> newspaper. Apparently, something is going going on in America by making everyone a manager or director. They don't have to pay people overtime. So just giving them a title, which sounds very expensive, enables companies not to pay them overtime. Is that true? Yeah. So if you put if you put somebody on salary, then you know you don't have to worry about that that overtime because they're not being paid by the hour. So yes, this is this is a trick that companies pay. They 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 try they try to play toward your vanity and say, "Hey, I'm going to put you in a management position. We think you're ready for this, yeah. right? We really think you're ready for this. We're going to promote you into a management position. You're going to get more." In your salary. Well, overall, you're getting screwed because all the overtime you're going to have to work, uh, you would have gotten paid more with the with the lower responsibility of not being a quote unquote manager. It's incredible. I mean It's American way, man. How can we pay how can we pay people less? So a hotel in America actually was making the receptionist the first impression director. <laughs> The person could work like for 15 hours because he was the first impression director. And from a director, you can expect to be working 15 hours, apparently. (laughs) But uh, no overtime. It's creative. I like it. But uh, too bad this wouldn't work in Belgium because, uh, I don't know, we have common sense and people just wouldn't take it. Yes, you do have common sense here in the U.S. It's more about titles. And, and we were talking before the show, since 1978, here in the U.S., CEOs have taken a pay raise of 1,322%. Now, our laborers, the ones who are actually doing the hard work on a daily basis, have received an 18% raise. So this is how, this is how we do things. You know, it's the American way. Pay the laborers less and try to push as money as much money up to the top as you possibly can crazy 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 the rich get richer Mm. yes they do and then there's a revolt uh speaking of revolts (laughs) let's uh my shout out is to meta yes aka facebook and instagram will be copying twitter how you might ask facebook parents meta has launched a new subscription service called get ready kids Meta verified that will allow users to add the coveted blue check mark to their Instagram and Facebook accounts for up to $15 a month by verifying their identity. CEO Mark Zuckerberg said on Sunday, tapping a new revenue channel that has returned mixed success for its smaller rival Twitter. Is Does this surprise you at all? It seems like Meta, Facebook, whatever. The the only thing they can do nowadays is acquire companies and copy yeah. them. They can't innovate themselves. It's the big company syndrome. It happens all the time. Companies are small and creative because they need to be creative because they're small. And the moment they get too big and too rich, it's just easier to buy mm-hmm. something creative than to develop something f- of your own. But in this case, it's totally ridiculous. I mean, for Twitter... Yeah. From Twitter's point of view, I could even understand it. Uh, it was important that people are who they claimed to be. Uh, if, yeah. if I'm speaking on behalf of my company, people need to know for sure that it's me, the spokesperson. Right. But on Facebook, mm-hmm. I've been on Facebook for like 20 years, always yeah. pretending to be Levin Van Ewenhuis and people believed me. So why should I pay <laughs> for... It's totally ridiculous. 
So uh, Zuckerberg won't get rich from me. Yeah, nothing, nothing like a money grab from uh, fr- from those companies. But I do, I do agree that a lot of these larger organizations uh, they they just lack innovation. And then what has happened again here in the U.S. and we're starting to see all over the world is that those large companies they're copying the smaller companies and they're becoming they're becoming monopolies in some case. You know, so we we have to. Well, one of the things that we haven't done over in the U.S. and you guys have done a much better job is crack down on monopolies and fining and not allowing some of those acquisitions to happen. But then again, I had a discussion a few times with other people. Mm-hmm. You can't blame companies for being too successful if they're so good and they buy their competitors. Who am I to say you're not allowed to buy this one because you're just becoming too big? There's nothing wrong with being successful and being big, as long as they don't screw people, <laughs> which they probably will. But the, the hard part is, though, when you a lot of those companies actually acquire the smaller companies and then they take the more innovative tech, they put it in the closet. Yeah. To protect their own existing yes. models. That's different, their of course. Old yeah. model. They're protecting yeah. the old model. And we saw this. It, when I was at Monster, we had, I don't know how many uh, startups we bought and just threw in the closet. Didn't yeah. use them just because it was a threat to our current model. And it was interesting that they didn't do that with Indeed. Yeah. When I was working for a job board in Belgium mm-hmm. 15, 17 years ago, I uh-huh. said, pay-per-click is becoming a thing. We need to go into pay-per-click. And in those days, it was pay-per-vacancy. You paid 800 euros for a vacancy to put it for four weeks online. I said, pay-per-click mm-hmm. is becoming a thing. And the director back in the days, he said, yeah, but let the others try it. And suddenly there was indeed playing everything away because they knew how to do it and they did it and pretty yeah. late. And this happens constantly, always. It does, it does. Okay, kids, it's that time for Topics. And guess what? We we also have, uh, we're talking about virtual Joel. So <laughs> he wanted to be a part of this show so badly. Oh, he did. He we misses miss him. you, we miss him. He, he, Well, he misses you. And he, he, he wanted to be so badly that he actually did all the intros to these. So here we go. There, here's the first segment. House of HR has announced its intention to acquire Plus, that's Plus with two S's, a German company that specializes in temporary recruitment for healthcare and social services. With this acquisition, House of HR aims to become one of the leading HR service providers in the DOC region with the collaboration of two other German HR service providers, Avanti and LD Personalvermittlung. <laughs> which were also acquired by House of HR in 2021 and 2022. The acquisition of PLUS is House of HR's third in German healthcare staffing, and it plans to expand its market presence to become one of the most significant players in the country. Kicking much ass. I know Levin has a lot to add on this one, but for my two cents, House of HR continues to make smart laser-like acquisitions under Rika Coppin's leadership, if there's a slam dunk business to be had in 2023 and beyond, it's healthcare, especially in Europe. The old country is aging fast, which means health issues and the need to care for the elderly is going to be huge. By 2060, most European countries will have a proportion of people aged 80 and over of about 10%, which is an increase 
by a factor of nine, I can smell the euros. <laughs> nice move, House of HR. So you're 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 obviously now big in Deutschland, but but the question I have is it plus or is it plus? Depending on who's saying it, it can be plus <laughs> or plus. Okay. Okay. You know, okay let's okay. let's uh, just for the sake of it call it plus here, which sounds sure. more English. But probably okay. the Germans would say plus. Yeah, I'm not sure even. I I've, I'll ask them. How do you pronounce yourself? <laughs> <laughs> You've been busy. You've had things going on, and uh, t- tell us a little bit about the plus. Well, you know, last year we did 16 M&As, and uh, plus is the first one this year, the first major one. It's okay. uh, it's not a really small one, 157 million, I believe, uh, revenue, I'm sure. Okay. So okay. Um, it's pretty significant within healthcare. And as right. Joel already mentioned in his uh, intro, we already had Avanti in Germany, and he calls it LD Personalsbemittlung or something, but it's a locum doctors LD, which means um, the some kind of segment of uh, of um, doctors. Okay. Uh, and now we have plus so. Consolidation is important in Germany. It's still a very fragmented market. And healthcare is really strategic to us and not only to us, because like Joel also said, it's the structure or the shortage is structural. I mean, people will only, the on average, the age will become older, aging population. It will only mm-hmm. get worse. So yeah. um, there will always be a need for healthcare professionals. Everyone knows. And I'm sure someday stuff will be automated, but the social aspect will stay very important. And even you, if you can automate some things, you'll still need the, the human touch. And I think healthcare is probably the last place where this will disappear. I strongly believe this is a very good evolution or a very good investment for House of HR. The only possible problem I see, and I'm definitely speaking on my behalf, not on behalf of the company here, it's legislation. Since healthcare in Europe is mostly paid by the government, mm-hmm. government isn't doing a very good job in Europe, mostly in Belgium, in, um, in uh, keeping its economics under control. And okay. they might get the stupid idea into their heads to save on healthcare. And then they might just change legislation. So that could become a problem. Um, just to give you an example, in Belgium, for example, nurses working in a hospital suddenly quit their job and they went working for a company like ours, and then they were um, leased back to that same hospital, and they made ah. more money yes. because suddenly they were working for a private company, and the mm-hmm. hospital desperately needed healthcare professionals, so they needed to get in touch with these companies. Right. And then, of course, I can understand government saying, "Yeah, we are just losing money to give them a, a different uh, status." Exact. So. Um, they could change legislation and they probably will, but not in Germany for the moment. There's no problem there. And we will adapt, I think, if something like this happens. Right. So is that what you're talking about when you're talking about fragmented? You're talking about public versus private. Is that where the fragmentation is or is there fragmentation in different areas? No, just um, fragmentation in, um, in temping companies and secondment companies because there okay. are so many. In the rest of the world, you have Hanstadt, which is huge, and you have ADECO, and they're yeah. really big in almost all countries but in germany because i think temping wasn't allowed until pretty recently relatively recently so there were many small companies starting and growing together and instead of five companies being really big there are 500 being small so consolidation is happening now and companies like ours bigger companies are buying others just to grow 
more rapidly. And this is something you can't do in France anymore. France is a really mature market and it's hard to buy small companies since there are, the market is dominated by big companies. But in mm -hmm. Germany, there are so many small companies and they could work together to become bigger. And you know the advantages of being big, of course. Yeah, of course. So are, are you looking at also consolidation in other countries? I mean, Germany is the largest GDP in Europe. Mm -hmm. Also, I mean, France, you just mentioned how it, it's much harder to be able to go through consolidation there. What about some of the other countries in, in Europe? Where, where do you see prime targets? France still is possible, but in certain niches, you can't uh -huh. just say we're going to become the biggest temping player in France. That's impossible. Maybe okay. someday, but uh, not immediately. You can't just buy Adeco or Randstad and they're too big. But um, there are smaller niches. Uh, we have, for example, we bought a company, StaffMe, which is doing exactly the same thing as now Jobs was doing in Belgium. So it's um, it's for the students and for flex workers, people who ah. work uh, short second jobs or something. It's difficult to launch a company in France because they're chauvinistic. A, a Frenchman <laughs> likes Frenchman. So yes. uh, we just buy a company like that and help them to grow together with us on European scale. And that's a possibility. And the other countries were uh, yeah, the biggest countries for House of HR are Belgium, the Netherlands, Germany, and France. But we are mm. active within over 10 countries right now. Uh, we will grow. We will probably uh, do some consolidation in different countries. But stick to our core region is probably the, the most uh, sensible thing to do right now. Yeah, I, I think for larger companies, it's 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 much different, obviously, in the U.S. than it is in Europe. I mean, the way that House of HR keeps the brands consistent with the actual country is genius because, as you had said, I think it's it's more than France, but maybe maybe very hefty in France that they want to buy from a French company, right? Yeah. They want to, they they feel like they need to. Uh, same in Germany, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In the U.S., we don't care. Right, whether it's a, a you know a, a company that's in Alabama versus Ohio doesn't matter, right? We we don't see the the segmentation that way. So we just try to stuff everything under one brand, where you guys are going at it much differently. And I think it's interesting because uh, obviously Ronstad being able to try to pull everything up under Ronstad, giving it that one label. I don't know if this is the main reason, but one of the one of the big reasons why they can do that over here and it's successful is because we don't care. But in Europe, that's got to be a failed strategy for them. I mean, because they seem like this huge umbrella of nothing. I mean, it's it's not French, it's not German, it's it's nothing that I can actually get get into from a nationalist standpoint. Yeah, I agree. But from a marketing point of view, it's so much easier to put one brand into the market. So yeah. it's it makes sense also to choose a, a one-brand position, mm -hmm. but yeah. we've decided on multi-brand, and I think in the end, and definitely in Europe, it's the best way. Why buy a brand and then change it into something it's not? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier to have one brand. Like in Germany, we used to have Zaquensis and Time Partner, two temping agencies doing basically the same thing, but in different regions. We rebranded them all to Time Partner. So we have now over 300 offices in Germany, all Time Partner. And that's easier. So in some cases, we will rebrand a company. But mostly when we buy a company, we buy them because they're doing better than the others. They're the mm -hmm. best in class. And we don't want to force them into something they're not. And indeed, in, um, in the US, situation is different, I think, because 
you speak English and in the whole of the United States, they speak English and every mm -hmm. other people entering the United States will be able to explain himself in English. So yeah. English is the common denominator. But if you go to France, people expect you to speak France. Yes. And French, sorry. Yes, they do. And yeah, yeah. and if you go to um, to Denmark, uh, people will be nice to you and they speak English. But in the end, they'll expect you to learn Danish. And in Norway, yeah. they'll expect you to learn Norwegian. It's such a different way of doing business. And you just can't rebrand a company into something that the local people have no affinity with. Yes. Compared to last year, you had 16 acquisitions. You're, you're running one. It's a big one. You're running one this year thus far. This seems, or it feels like it's an, a year of acquisition. Are you feeling that on the landscape too, that acquisition is going to be much more heavy than it was last year? Probably. And I'm keeping track of who's buying who, of course, just as you are. Yes. One of the reasons I do it is because of this... Uh, <laughs> this uh, show, of course, yes. but uh, we need to have something to talk about. But I was surprised. Nothing much happened since uh, December. Yeah. And really yeah. nothing much. We had some some companies uh, getting money, but not yes. many acquisitions. And last year was a different thing. So I'm not sure what's the reason. Maybe it's because of um, people are still a bit afraid of the upcoming recession, even though in Europe, I, I believe things are settling down. We're yeah. not talking about recessions anymore. Yeah, it could be a reason or, or people are waiting a bit. I'm not sure. Or maybe just everything got sold, got sold last year. I'm not sure. I feel it too. There's there's apprehension in the market. There has been. And I think there will be through Q1. But I, I personally believe my prediction is in Q2 through the rest of this year, it's going to run gangbusters because everything is starting to stabilize. Okay, stop. What is going to run gangbusters? Is that a good thing? <laughs> I have no idea. Yes, what it means. yes, yes. Okay, that's a good thing. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Th thanks for clarification. There's <laughs> going to be an excessive amount okay. of acquisitions that are happening uh, this year. Do you agree? I hope so because it's always fun and and things <laughs> things have to keep moving. And I'm sure exactly. we will be uh, doing our part. But I was surprised. Suddenly, two months it has been quiet. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, excellent. Well, congratulations to the House of HR and plus. Uh, for the acquisition. We'll be right back after these messages. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at FYGI.nl. All right. We, uh, we, we're we going to bring Virtual Joe back. Are you, are you ready? Hell yeah. Here we go. All right. Who's ready for a little buy or sell? Again, here's how we play the game. We talk about three startups that have recently gotten funding. I read a summary and then everyone chimes in on if it's a buy or sell. Are you ready to pull? First up, we have Brigade. I'm guessing that's how you say it in French. By the way, LinkedIn should have an area for company pages where you can say audi audibly uh how to say a company's name that would be really helpful by the way just like you can do it with people's names do it for companies names too anyway french startup brigade has raised 30 million dollars in a funding round the company operates a marketplace that enables restaurants caterers private clinics retirement homes and hospitals 
to find freelancers for short-term missions. It has began in the hospitality industry, but has since expanded into healthcare, which now represents a quarter of its business. They take a 20% cut on each transaction and have completed 200,000 of these so-called transactions in 2022 alone. So because I'm virtual, I'm going to take the first buyer-seller rating. Okay, we know that the gig economy is huge. We talk about Upwork, Freelance, uh, Fiverr all the time on this podcast. However, they've never really gone into the healthcare space, which is kind of, I guess, sort of surprising, but also uh, not so much because it is a huge opportunity. We talk about companies like Nomad Health. Uh, this is a huge opportunity, and I, I expect to see a lot more uh, gig companies, platforms to provide healthcare workers uh, just because there's such demand for it. Uh, by and large, healthcare workers hate the hours that they have to work. They would love some flexibility. Um, and by and large, the opportunity to just put your profile up there and, and be hired on a contract basis hasn't been really mainstream. So Brigade is looking to do that in, in France as well as the UK, two really big markets. Uh, I assume that it will be a larger market that they will be targeting at some point. But for now, uh, I think this is a huge opportunity. Uh, the money is not huge, but the opportunity is. So for that alone, I'm going to give Brigade a buy. All right, so that's a buy from Mr. Virtual Cheeseman. What do you, what what say you, Levin? What say you? Well, I tend to agree. Uh, as I mentioned already, you can't go wrong with healthcare these days. Mm. And I think thirty million is is pretty impressive. With also the five million in debt, thirty five million. That's will keep them going for a while. Mm -hmm. And what Joel said about uh, healthcare and Fiverr, Fiverr never got into healthcare. I think it's pretty normal because. The risk is just too big. If uh, someone claims to be able to create a logo for me and he screws up, I've got a bad logo. But if someone <laughs> claims to be a nurse and then uh, yes. something goes wrong, you have a problem. So yes. just companies like Fiverr can't protect their clients from their, uh, their uh, freelancers. So right. I wouldn't take the risks in their place as well. But a company like Brigade can, of course, and they can uh, put people on their payroll, check their uh, licenses, their um, degrees. Are they capable of doing what they should be capable of? Mm -hmm. And I think if the problem for them will be to find the right nurses, find the right people to help them, but they started in hospitality and from hospitality to hospital, which really is small step, uh, hospitality, hospital, so uh, it's easy. So I think they will manage. It's a buy. It's a buy from leaving. All right. So overall, Brad has raised a total of over 50 million euros. Uh, the hospitality and healthcare uh, industries are very much alike with regard to their need for talent. But that's where the likeness stops. Other than you're right, the, the spelling. It's it's very close from a spelling <laughs> standpoint. I'll give you that. So, But accessing and attracting the different talent pools, that's that's difficult. Right. You're talking about hospitality talent pool versus a hospital slash healthcare. Um, not to mention, there isn't really a big problem with demand for this. There's a problem with supply. Right. That's where I have the big issue here. The CEO has no experience in either of these worlds, hospitality 
or healthcare. One of the co-founders who does have some some healthcare care chops, he's also a current co-founder of two other companies currently. So I see a lot of lack of discipline here. Are we going to be in hospitality? Are we going to be in healthcare? Do we actually have expertise to go and find the right people? Like you're talking with Fiverr, right? Do, do you actually have the expertise to find the supply? So for me, I believe in healthcare. I think it's going to be incredibly big for those who know what the fuck they're doing. I don't think these guys do. So for that, I'm going to go ahead and keep my money in my pocket. And it's going to be a sell from me, a sell from me. So two buys and a sell. Now we're going to go to the the next, which is French HR tech startup Crew has raised $2.3 million in a seed funding round to continue developing its all-in-one recruiting CRM system. Thank HubSpot for recruiting. Crew's CRM tool combines an outreach automation tool nurturing capabilities, and an actionable database along with smart reminders and workflows for speed. The company has 100 corporate clients and 1,000 monthly users. The funding will be used to raise headcount and increase AI functionality, buy or sell. I'm going first again. I think the first time I ever wrote HubSpot for recruiting was somewhere probably around 2014, been there, done that, lots of competition. And frankly, there are going to be a lot more well-funded players getting into this space. I don't want to call it a commodity, but it's sort of getting that way. Hell, even HubSpot has a HubSpot for recruiting that some of its clients leverage. So for me, this is a pistol at a gunfight. Major... Major sell. Okay, so we, we got to talk about Joel and his analogies. A pistol to a gunfight. That's what you want to bring to a gunfight. Jesus. All right, Levin, all on you, my friend. What do you think? <laughs> well, I was, I was also thinking, okay, in some cases, a pistol would be preferable over, <laughs> over a gun in a gunfight. But um, I'm not going to agree with Joel on this one because everything you said is right. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I looked into the people who were actually putting their money into crew. And Mm -hmm. it's a men's selection of C-levels from the recruitment and the digital industry. And if you look at those people, you can at least expect they know what not to do. And that's already more than we can say about most startups. Those people (laughs) will know what not to do because they've been through a lot. And we're talking about people from Indeed, from look into the the article, it's Mm -hmm. plenty. They know the business. And if they invest their personal money in it, they must be onto something. And I think... They are offering what I'm trying to make happen at House of HR, automating as much as possible with new technology. And if they have a plug and play system, I I would be happy to listen to them. So I think this might work and it's uh, still a startup. So if you put a little money in it, you can make lots of it someday. It's a buy. It's a buy from leaving. All right. So... Crew, 2.3 million is a great seed round, right? That, that's a great seed round, especially these days. Uh, starting a recruitment CRM, unfortunately, was re- revolutionary nearly 20 years ago uh, with companies like Avature when they did it. Avature saw that they needed to do more, so they evolved into an ATS. Having newer, well-funded platforms like Beamery, 
and Phenom. Personally, myself, I've seen this this segment. It's been around forever. So to try to start one is really hard. Not only is it really hard, but you see all of these other platforms saw that they couldn't do it just as a recruitment CRM. They had to become something much larger and they had to do it quicker. I think the uh, the competition in this space is is big with a bunch of unicorns. Uh, so for at that point, my appetite is um is a cell is a cell i've got to be i've got to be a cell on this one so we got two cells in a buy for crew last but not least this is one that you've heard before kids Uh oh it's a chad boner alert (laughs) video interviewing company willow has raised 1.8 million dollars in a funding round led by 1818 venture capital This brings total funding to $3.1 million. The Glasgow-based firm has committed to opening a new office in New York City and expanding operations in the U.S., U.K., and Asia. Co-founder Ewan Cameron said, quote, The way the U.S. market has embraced Willow's technology has been astounding. And this latest investment will enable us to meet the booming demand for async hiring tools among businesses and organizations organizations easy for me to see of all sizes in quotes so is this one a buy or sell i'm going to take it so the gen xer in me wants to hate video interviewing screening resumes <laughs> and the like it's not that efficient a lot of people hate being on video some people uh, especially poor people or people <laughs> without the means don't have high speed access to do video and there are pitfalls galore from a technical perspective However, I'm open to the fact that there's a cultural change with young people who prefer video and can't write very well anyway. And in a remote world, (laughs) video can be incredibly valuable. I also appreciate that AI tools like ChatGPT will make well-crafted text answers a breeze, but it'll be written by a bot and not an actual human being. And although AI will probably make its way into video as well, Hello, deep fake. I'm going to buy Willow, even though my gray hairs might want to shoot it dead. Willow, you are a buy. There you go. A buy from uh, Joel wants to call himself a Gen Xer, but I feel like he's more of a boomer. He just, he, he just, <laughs> he, he feels, I always want to say, okay, boomer. So, okay, leaving, knowing you're not a boomer, what do you think about Willow? Um, def- definitely Gen Xer. And uh, I think the only reason you should make a video when applying is when you apply for a video producing company because nobody else likes videos. I mean, a recruiter in Belgium, for example, Mm -hmm. needs to know, uh, you've got, let's say, 30 applicants, needs to know, does the person speak French? Yes or no? I do not want to watch a whole video to check at minute 2.7 is going to say if he maybe speaks French. So video is a hassle. It's a hassle to make. It's a hassle to watch. And the time we liberate it by using ChatGPT, I want to spend it at a pool grilling my, my burgers. <laughs> I do not want to spend it watching, watching videos. And they claim to remove the bias. But in my opinion, video is the base of all bias. We have um, in Belgium open-minded um, recruiting, meaning mm-hmm. in, uh, we're going to, to uh, remove the name from the CV, the date of birth, yes. etc. open-minded. Mm-hmm. So just look at the facts. Yep. And I kind of like it. And watching a video, 
nothing is open-minded anymore. I make my impression the first few seconds I watch someone. So it's a sell. It's a sell. Okay, so Willow CEO Ewan Cameron was on Firing Squad August of 2021. Joel gave him a golf clap, and I gave him the Firing Squad. Since then, you and he and the team have done amazing things. I do like video. Do I like video interviewing? I'm I, I'm I'm with you with regard to blind interviewing, even blind resumes. I really believe trying to pull the bias out means only give the pertinent information. 1.5 million pounds to invade the US and Australia. That to me doesn't make any sense. Australia's GDP isn't even ranked in the top 10. So why are you targeting Australia, especially when you've got Europe there? It is all there for you. You're right in Scotland. Not to mention, you want to ensure that you're not spreading it too thin. So maybe coming to the US, the New York offices, I would have went for somewhere like North Carolina or something like that. That's less, it's less expensive. I love Ewan. I love Willow. The hardest part for me here is the same thing that I gave him the firing squad on before. It's discipline. It's focus. And it's really not getting too broad, which is why it's a sell from me. All right. Last but not least, Levin, you're going to love this. This is one that I can't believe Joel didn't give us an intro. Virtual Joel is not a part of this one, and, and I can't <laughs> believe it. And here's why. There's an unhappy ending for Serbian MP who is forced to quit after being filmed watching hardcore porn feature, featuring X-rated messaging during a parliamentary debate. <laughs> yes, he was in parliament and they were debating. That's right, Levin. This one straight out of Daily Mail. Nobody's surprised at this one. <laughs> Saying his name is going to be is going to be a task. Zvonimir Stvik. 65, a veteran politician long involved in Serbian Kosovan diplomacy, was caught flicking between hardcore porn on his phone during a discussion on Serbia's ties with Kosovo. This is his this is his area of expertise, okay? The Minister of Foreign Affairs of Serbia asked the MP to resign and said, quote, wherever you appear, whatever you say, you will always be known. As the porno MP, <laughs> end quote. So, Levin, is this too harsh? I mean, Jeffrey Tubin, uh, a, CE, a CNN legal analyst, was allowed back on the air after his his Tubin incident on uh, Zoom, where he was caught masturbating in front of a bunch of people. I still remember. He's, yeah. he's back on the air. It's my worst nightmare. <laughs> So you think this is too harsh? He's 65. We should just be happy that he's still enjoying well, the good life. <laughs> to be honest, I, I really feel sorry for the man. I mean, having lived 65 years and then this happens and it screws up your whole career. I mean, stupid ass. But I, I understand it. I mean, he was yeah. bored and he felt like watching porn. It probably was still on since uh, he went to the bathroom half an hour ago. But... And maybe he, he didn't even meant to look at it, but he just put his phone on and, and the photographer, well, so he was crowed. But I think at 65, it's a nice moment to uh, to leave the theater and give it to some young people and uh, call it a day. And maybe people will forget him if he 
if he quits now. But otherwise, he will always be remembered as the PM who watched porn during the debate with Kosovo. And those Kosovar, Kosovarian people, they won't forgive him because they just never forgive Serbs. So uh, not even when they watch porn during <laughs> debates. Well, I, personally, I think now there is a new career that has actually opened up for him as a Pornhub delegate in Serbia. <laughs> thanks to Virtual Joel. And once again, thanks, Levin, for, for coming on the show. There's nothing else, man. We, we, talked, we, we talked about buy or sell. We talked about you guys buying or selling. And then we talked about porn. So I, I think we're good. We got Me it too. all. <laughs> Excellent. We out. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The Chad. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. There's so many cheeses. And not one word. So weird. Anywho... Be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chadcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.